Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Per Beautiful podcast. My friend Julie asked me a question about the poetic form that I use in some of my books, and I got started talking about it and (laughs) ended with a very intense story around a photo of a man with a Nazi tattoo on his arm. So didn't exactly answer the question yet. So part two of this overall story right now. So after I saw these photos from this horrific event in Charlottesville, uh, racial violence and just such a dark spirit, I was thinking about the book William Wilberforce or about the character William Wilberforce. My dad had written a biography for elementary students and I remember reading it to my oldest boys probably in the mid 2000s and calling my mom and saying we need a different version like this is hard to understand it's it's lacking grip it's it's serviceable in the sense that it gets the facts out but in terms of why is he a critical figure we kind of are missing that point and she said okay that's fine you know go ahead and write one but I had little children and no inspiration and then a decade or so later this event happens in Charlottesville and I thought oh is it possible it's time for me to write that book now and in the meantime there had been at least one if not two additional Wilberforce biographies that came out and every time I would get it and think this is the one this is going to be the replacement and they were just boring like okay you're telling me the facts but this was a dramatic story. <laughs> this took serious guts and there was intense pressure. And uh, anytime you're dealing with slavery and the slave trade and deep entrenched evil like that, what made Wilberforce able to stand against it? What made him able to persevere? And I felt like the details were there, but they were not, they were not cut into the facets the way that they should have been to make him shine. And so With my experience of writing a poem a day for a while, I felt like I have the vision of the format that I want for this book about Wilberforce. And it took me about three days, but it was like I worked on that every spare minute because the words were just pouring out of me. And I had I had read Wilberforce books already. I had kind of mentally marshaled the different facts. I probably went back and revisited certain quotes at different times, but it was truly like, I just have to tell this story right now. And I don't know if I've ever had that specific experience repeated with that degree of intensity. And, you know, it was really precious. I sent it off to my mom to to see if she would want to publish it at sunlight. And um, when it turned out that they would be happy to, I went back and I edited it. And I, I had this really surprising moment where I was reading through, making these little changes. And I got to the end and I spontaneously burst into tears because I didn't remember how I had ended it. I didn't remember how strong the ending was. And that felt like such a gift from the Lord. Like, oh, I just actually got to carry your Holy Spirit inspiration and put it into words. And anyway, oh, that was really, that was really precious. And so 
that was the first book that I wrote, and I still love it. One Voice, the story of William Wilberforce. It's available at sunlight.com. I don't think it's available in wider distribution, but it's very beautiful. And so when it was time for Bob to, Bob had vowed that his first book would be about Revelation 4 and 5. And so when I looked at that passage, I was like, there are specific beautiful instances or specific things I want to call out or talk about in each one of these verses, but I don't want to do it in paragraph form. I had read and reviewed enough books at that point that I get pretty impatient when I feel like people are just kind of nattering on without you know, trying to fill up the word count. I feel like, no, if you have something to say, then say it clearly and as succinctly as possible. And so it was like, I want both the clarity and precision, but I also want it to be beautifully laid out on the page. I want it to be something that makes my heart sing when I see it. And I love the poetic form because you can read, as one of my friends said, I just read 40 pages in five minutes. And, you know, I think I'm okay with that. But I also love that I have friends who will say, I just read this one poem and that's all I've been able to read for the last seven days. <laughs> like, I just come back to it again and again and it keeps filling me each time. And so to me, when I have a book in verse, I pretty much just read it like any other book. I just am grateful for the the brevity. <laughs> Definitely thankful for brevity. And I also expect that it's going to be more punchy than a normal book. That it's going to have almost like more emotional highs and lows. That there's going to be more intensity around the different passages. So yeah, that's what I love about the form. I love that it's, uh, I feel like it makes things really clear because it's, it's the, the point is not being covered up by a mass of words. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so Jesus, I thank you for all the forms of creativity that you allow us to express that I think about your word, Lord, and okay, it didn't have mathematical equations, but it has law and it has history and it has letters and it has songs and it has poems and it has prophecy. Your word is so variable. It was so much variety, I guess is what I'm meaning to say. It's it's so beautiful in all of its both precision and its passion and the multitude of voices. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you give us voices as well that we get to use for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.